she can. Well, that's where we all would be. Skipping rocks to skip school. Daddy taught us a golden rule with an okay pole. A shady spot to sit. We learned everything we knew. That old pole she created. What's been going on with you, Shea? Just working, working, working. Busy time of year, buying group season, people buying stuff. So fall and spring, it's our, it's my busiest time of year. This and first part of the year. Now, how's a how's a new job going? How long you how long you been rolling with them now? Uh, about seven weeks. It's going. It's a lot of work. What's hopefully. Uh, pay pans out yeah because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more than I, I was doing it uh, I mean a lot more the old pay always comes into play so you hope it works out like it like you planned but is there a big yeah. difference in the two the two jobs you had yeah there's, I mean workload and and pay so work workloads considerably, the, considerably more yeah about triple wow and you got to be home a little bit on your on the last job you had, didn't you? You got to do a little bit from home. Yeah, I had it. Yeah, I had it figured out. I could have been home <laughs> a lot, and I jumped ship for this one because it's a little more stable. But uh, I mean, pays more than double. So bonus kicks in, which won't be till next fall. So I guess if I bust my ass for the next 13 months and it don't happen i ain't gonna be there no more yeah <laughs> it's, it's well, a lot of work well, it's you, way more than than uh it's way more than they told me going into the job yeah that's usually the case but, isn't it you know you gotta take a little grain of salt usually on on it yeah. you know I, I had a few people talk to me here lately about what would it take for me to go back and work a little bit you know and i said well what it would take for me is not what's conducive to an employer, you know, being retired. So I, I would want complete flexibility. I want part-time only. And you need to realize that during the fall, I'm gone a bunch, you know, and I don't know what, yep. what hunting means in your, in your family. Maybe that means a, a weekend, you know, for gun season. So if I say I hunt a lot, maybe you're thinking it's two weekends. No, I'm, I'm thinking like every day for like three or four months, you know, you need to a little bit more get added to it. But you're in that home stretch where, decisions you make right now is going to set you up so this is latter part of your career hopefully and so it'd be worth yeah. it it'd be worth it for you to double that salary as far as that goes well right? yeah if i can double it and do that for the next 10 years that's a home run but mm -hmm. now what are you what are you lot. what are your territories where, where do you have to go it's the same it's the same territory um mississippi alabama and, and a, but i don't have to go down to florida anymore uh, I don't have any accounts in Mobile that I had before, and then uh, um, they're off, their headquarters are out of Birmingham, so I don't have uh, some of the big accounts that were over there. It's less territory and about 15 less accounts, but there's about 10 more different lines, and they're way bigger. Now, what what lines do y'all do you do you carry? Oh, uh, the big ones be like Hornady. Allen, uh, Walther, Blouser, Lemke, Nightstick, B&M Pole, St. Croix, Hummingbird, Minn Kota, Old Town Kayaks, Malone, Auto Parts, 
I'm Fox Pro. I'm sure I'm leaving four or five out, but. And you still go and you go by like the retail stores that you have and mm-hmm. check on those, see what they need and that type of thing? Yeah. Now, are you competing against your old company a little bit? or, or not No, really? not really. They don't have any products. That, in, in that line? Yeah, that we were competing with. And then you got to go to all the shows and stuff too, or a, a lot of them? Yeah, I got to go. I leave Saturday. I got to do a classic, Bass Pro Classic Thursday and Friday. Uh, it's just, it's a lot. Way more. Way more. <laughs> like shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, where, where's your, is the Bass Pro Classic, is that in Springfield, Missouri, or is that somewhere else? No, I got to do one in Pearl, Mississippi. Okay. Just certain stores. Where, where, uh, where all have you been to? What shows have you, in seven weeks you've had, what, what shows have you been to uh, so let's far? Let's see. Been to ICAST. Uh, had to go do a, a show down in Jackson for uh, uh, their Ag Expo. Sucked. One <laughs> <It wasn't, laughs> <wasn't> fun. <laughs> uh, I had to do a uh, store sale this Friday and Saturday, last Friday and Saturday for a place. Um, it's been somewhere almost every week. You know, I'm doing an event. They'll they'll slow up. I mean, it'll get slow again in six weeks, but it's just a lot more than I was kind of sold on. Summertime, this time of year for you, kind of for hunting seasons and all that gears up here in the fall is that this is your busiest along with the first year when folks are kind of restocking a little bit or ordering new stuff yeah this will be this is probably our second busiest busiest first time is uh january february march april and then it dies out out may june and uh july slows up and august september uh and then usually by first october guys are done buying and then you know october november december will slow back up are, are but, you able? Are you able to get home pretty much each night, or not? Nah, all, not I mean, always. I've probably guess. been gone fifty percent of the time since I started there. How's your cattle business doing then? I sold half of them. I, I bet you did, and that's probably why, right? Because you're just not there to every day take care well, of. Well, no, there were some other reasons. The prices are so high. That's why part of the reason. But yeah. I mean, it's just, um, I'll buy some more first of the year, but. It just. How many head of cattle you got now? Yeah, probably 150. And you sold about that many then, huh? Yeah. Just don't have time to do anything with three kids. <laughs> what's What's Gina got to say? You know, now she, she feeling the heat from having to t- take up slack. No, not really. Of course, you got two. Because the kids are. You got. Uh, of course, Colt be a what a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah, and then Kendron's going to be a senior? Yeah. So they can carry the load a little bit, can they? They think being a senior, they got to do something every day. Oh, well, they're doing this. They're wearing senior this. We got to go get a picture. I'm like, we do know that shit. Every, every kid in the country, <laughs> right, you know, 90, 95% of the kids in the country, or whatever it is, 90, you, you're a superintendent, you know, yeah. the graduation rate, okay? I mean, you, you know, go, it's not like an everyday party. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. hey, okay, you start school here, you know, do, but they, yeah. Today we got a, uh, it's like, yesterday they had to go get their jerseys, and they wanted pictures with them. They all wear senior jersey. Shit, we never did that stuff. <laughs> then today we got to go paint the parking lot. They all paint their own parking spots. They have assigned parking spots, so they paint them. 
I'm like, yo, I got to be there for that? <laughs> oh, yeah, all the parents have to be there. The other day, it was a parent cookout. I'm like, I, I don't care about that stuff. <laughs> Just go do your thing. Go to school, get good grades. We'll celebrate when you go to college. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A little bigger. The, the expectation school. is you're going to graduate high school. That's the expectation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not a... I don't give out trophies. Yeah. <laughs> you got to earn. You got to do something worth earning. Now, is, is Kendra, she's but, still playing softball, right? Yeah, she is. What, what else is yep. she doing? That's about it. Screwing around with her boyfriend. Still got the boyfriend, huh? I figured you might have done run him off yep. by now, but he must be a pretty decent kid. Uh, he don't come around a whole lot. <laughs> I bet he don't. <laughs> He's all right, but yeah. I, I don't... Uh, you don't, you don't fraternize with him you too much, I'm sure, do you? He's pretty quiet when he's around. Yeah. He's probably scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> I know I was when I was that age. Yeah. yeah. But, now, what, what's her plans? When, I, he's all right. What's her plans when she gets done? Um, That changes every day. Yeah. As, as it should, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, she's applied to a couple colleges, so we'll see. Now, how about Colt? How's things looking football-wise? Is, is he progressing and still getting after it? Or? Yeah, he's still getting after it. Uh, I mean, they got him in on – I mean, he's playing – they rotate a lot of – you know, they've got three or four running backs, and they they rotate a lot. You know, they'll run a couple plays and then three or four fresh guys. And so he's in – I mean, like – it's not, their offense isn't set up like a college team where, yeah, this guy's you're going to play every snap at quarterback. They've got, you know, the, that running back that's going to Florida, he may take direct snaps. they got another kid that he's plays tight end some, and he can throw the ball about 70 yards. But he can't do nothing else. He might, you know, if you're 10 yards away, it's going to come at you 100 mile an hour. <laughs> But he might take, you know, he, he might be, or it could be cold. So it's kind of like it, he's in he's in the starting rotation. Yeah. He's in that. He's on the starting offense, but it just depending on what play, whether he's in or not. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, if he, I asked him, I said, if you're, if they run 10 plays, how many do you think you're in on? He goes, I'm in 50% of them. But, you know, half of them are going to be that boy from Florida is going to tote the ball because, I mean, he's the best running back so, in the state. So he's going to Florida, boy. That's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Now, yeah, he's a hammer. Now, you, were y'all one game away from the state championship last year? Or did you make no, it? We lost state? in the state. You made the we've state championship. That's right. Three state. We've lost in three state straight state championship games. I'll be that guy. They won four before that. Yeah. So they'll be with that kid, especially that kid, they're going to be right back in the thick of things, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And they changed our divisions up. So everybody that was beating us or close, they to moved up, us, didn't they? Moved up. We stayed in the same division. Oh, yeah. So that, that'll help you. Now, yeah, we should. The kid going to Florida. Well, I got mean, we got to play. First game of the year, we play 4A state champions. Second game of the year, we play 7A state champions, or 6A. Third game of the year, we play runner-up 6A state championship. Fourth game of the year, we play 3A state champion runner-up. And then we play the team we beat, fifth game, North State champion. And then we go into our division, which will be a cakewalk. <laughs> but we got to play, 
the probably three of the four best teams in the state first four or five games. I mean, we could be after five games, we could be one and four, yeah. two and three, real easy, cause just because of who we're playing. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're good. But that that'll that'll help them, won't it? I mean, and it won't disqualify oh, them for yeah, later. It won't no. disqualify them going postseason or anything, will it? There. No, because it, it all goes off their division. They'll run through the division like they, they'll probably be, yeah, they'll average fifty points a game, and they'll be lucky if they get scored on. Yeah. In the division, so then they'll they'll roll right through. But first four or five games would be, if they can get through that without getting hurt, they'll be good. Yeah, the kid going to Florida. He, I mean, obviously you got a big upside, or he wouldn't be going there. But I mean, he's a pretty good kid. It's got an opportunity to maybe go beyond that. Do you, or is it too early to tell? It's too early to tell. Yeah. Good size kid? He's probably 200, 205, about 6% body fat. <laughs> Man, he's shredded. Yeah. And, and the best but, best back in the state, huh? Yeah. Yeah, this year he is. Man, he had a good year last year, didn't he? I mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Now, Colts baseball, yeah. is he done with the baseball? Or he didn't play yeah, in the summer play. Now, how about uh, how about little Dylan? What grade's he going in? Two high schoolers, and you got what? First grader? Was he second grader. Second grader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, how did his baseball end up? Because I know last year was his first year, wasn't it? And... Yeah, he ain't. He's he's little. I mean, he's he's like I was. He's real little. Right. I mean, he's second grade, eight ways. Maybe fifty pounds. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'll get there. Like that same at that same age, Colt was maybe almost seventy or eighty pounds. Mm-hmm. Just big. It's just different. Yeah. But you know, you've got you've got kids. They're all different. Yeah, they are. He's, now, uh, now he did some golfing. He did, he, you see him the golfing camp? Didn't he do that this summer too? Yeah, yeah, he's done that. But he can't. He just kind of bounces around with what he likes to do, and yeah. Just kind of makes it difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll focus in and figure it out, I'm sure. Oh, all right. Now, now you all have started, your kids have started school in. And they, I mean, she's painting the parking lot. Are they, are, yeah. are they started? Well, the, the private school starts Wednesday. And uh, now Colt started a couple weeks ago. They're going year round now. Probably day. Which, uh, I don't know. That don't sound like fun to me, no. but what, what they get? How much time they give them off? Like they give us a week or two off during semesters, or yeah, and they'll get longer Christmas break and Thanksgiving break, and I, you know, all that. But mm-hmm. uh, for the most, yeah, he started back probably two, three weeks ago. And most of the schools down south have gone to that, I think, hadn't they? You know, we Missouri, of course, where I'm at, we we still start that around August twentieth, somewhere around there, a little bit later. But, yeah, uh, I like that. Oh, yeah, we'd be out first of June and you'd go back till August, end yeah, of August. Mm-hmm. Those days are gone. <laughs> <laughs> they are, because even in southern Missouri, a lot of them schools have started a lot earlier, too. So it's creep, creeping on up this way, I guess. Did, did y'all do anything fun this summer? Did y'all get to go? Probably didn't, did you? Didn't. I was changing that job. Didn't do anything. I probably, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're going to be able to hang okay. with it? I'll hang with it. I just it's a heck I'm going to be disappointed if the but don't, the end result in there. Now you'll know that your bonus times next fall or 
Well, there should like see one this fall, and then next so, year, once a full year, it should be. But you have a little idea then once this fall comes, just a little bit, won't you? Yeah, I should. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought about you the other day. There was a, oh, I think I was listening to a podcast where I heard it on the news or something, but they were opening a, like a Florida, the pythons in Florida, they were opening like the first part of August. They was going to have a yeah. catch and eliminate them, you know, kill them, or they were looking for volunteers to go down there and hunt them uh, somewhere down around the Everglades. Did you hear about that? Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, I thought. I think I bet they you... tell you like so much a foot, so much <laughs> an inch. <laughs> yeah. I see them guys catch them. You, you... I mean, you, if if you live down there and knew where to go. I think some of them guys could probably make a couple grand a week. Oh, I bet. Yeah, actually, actually, I saw. I don't know. There's a show had it on there too. With that, I don't know if it was connected to the same deal or not. But uh, anyway, had had a show on showing those guys. I, I guess with this thing, I heard you can kill them. You don't have to bring them back alive or anything. But I yep. guess I guess they're just destroying some different species down there with all that they obviously eat and digest there. You know, those guys is out there walking barefooted, you know, at night. <laughs> Some of them. Not doing that. <laughs> no. I'm not a big fan of a garter snake, much less that. But, I, you know, uh, big old pythons. But, yeah, they're packing them suckers out, carrying them out in bags and uh, several. But I thought that'd be right up right up your alley. Have you done any hog hunting? Or? I ain't done much because I've been so busy. Yeah. You got uh, I need to go. Now, you get to do any hunts with this group or anything with this company or kind of on your own? Uh, they, they uh, I mean, they'll do some uh, sales incentives and stuff like that that uh, you get to do some hunts on, but I, I haven't. Uh, that'll be next year it, yeah. if you win them. You know, but, what, uh, what, so you know Ben rising awful well and you've hunted with yeah. him. and. To me, he's one of those, and you start thinking about guys that take it serious and get after it. I mean, he's at the top of the list. Uh, what's he What's he doing right now to prepare for deer season? Is, is he, He's putting time in, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's already – he's had cameras out for, I'm sure, a month. He sent me some videos last year. Or not last year. I mean, last month. And, uh, I mean, he had already – the deer up there are uh, – They'll be, let's see, it's August 7th. A lot of times, them deer will start shedding out in the next two, three weeks up there. Pretty, I mean, I, I've had a So he's probably pretty close to having a pretty good idea of what they're going to look like and where they're at. Um, I'm sure he's got some food plots planted. Um, but, I, I mean, most of those deer are going to be on beans up there. And, and uh, I know he's run cell cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then, um, like down here, our deer won't shed out the first of October. So we're probably a month, six weeks behind them, a lot of these deer. I, I've, um, I think deer season comes in October 1st, either the 1st or the 15th. But I've killed deer the first bow season down here in Velvet. So... I mean, it's just so much farther, just so much difference. Yeah. But they should be shedding out. And the only reason I always remember that date of, of uh, August 15th, because when I was a kid, we were watching these two deer. They were both in the 170s. They'd come out in this bean field every day. And I remember on, just because they were so big and we wanted to kill them, um, on uh, 
August 15th, they come out, they were both shed out. The day before, they weren't. We watched them every day. Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't kill them. I could have killed them with a spotlight. Yeah. One coon hunt, coon hunt yeah. one night, I rolled up on them with a doe out in the field. Yeah, one of them. That was back in Ohio, right, when he was growing yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. But I just always remember that date, August mm-hmm. 15th. They both shed out that, that day. But uh, You know, we, of course, we ought to be about. I don't think anybody ever killed them deer. Close to the same as what Ohio would be here in Missouri, but uh, most of the ones up. I've got on camera in northern Missouri. Yeah, you can pretty well tell what, you know, they got, they're still a little bulb or rounded over on the ends where they got some growing yeah. to do, but you got pretty good idea. But seems like camera wise up here, always by that. And I've had some as late over in southern Illinois. I've had some as late as the last week of, you know, have them on camera one day, uh, late September with the, you know, full velvet, next day stripping off of it, you know. But yeah. Missouri, Missouri's usually been at, at the latest, about that first week of September, at least northern Missouri has been somewhere around there. But, you know, we've got got a good mix of beans and corn on the place I lease up north. And, of course, we've had cattle on it. And the, the farmer there, him and his wife, don't really get to go do much traveling because all the, you got to take care of the cattle. And so they don't ever, so he sold his cattle so they can do a little traveling. I think he says, he says I'm going to buy some. Originally, it was gonna get rid of them and you know now I think he misses having them but you hadn't had them going yeah. that long but uh, he's I'm, I'm buying some more next spring but they want to get rid of them just so they can kind of get out so that ought to that ought to help us a little bit too I think but not having them yeah when you get rid of them cows them deer tend to move move mm-hmm. in which he always keeps them out of where he keeps them out of where we hunt at you know but still they're yeah, he's probably got I don't know well over 300 head of cattle, four or 500 maybe, you know, that he's had right. right on there. So, yeah, the deer and them try to kind of like oil and water. They kind of separate, they'll tolerate, but kind of stay away from one another. So that ought to help us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it is, Shed, that makes a, makes a guy, the guys like Ben and some of them that kill mature bucks consistently, what makes them different than just the average old guy? Cause there's a lot well, of people they work jobs. They work jobs that they can be around it all day long. Yeah, I mean Ben's a timber cutter. Um, the guys I know that the guys that are really good and focus on that have the ability to to be there or or be around their dirt, real consistent, can watch stuff. Or you know, like you know, some of them guys don't. Have to do anything anymore because they made enough money doing other stuff. But it's just, you know, being able to know, and then they know their dirt really well. I mean, the, the deer do the same thing for the most part almost every year. They might change a little bit, if, but, you know, they're going to come out this field a lot of times in this place. I mean, you don't ever have to, once you hang a, a, a stand in places, you don't have to, you know, move it every time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one farm I used to hunt bends and hunt the same place every year but it's just a you know it was the right place you hunted it in the right wind you're going to see uh, a pile of deer but uh, a lot of it just is they're there and they can watch it and they just know the property real well well you know it'd be it'd be hard for me as much as I like big deer yeah it'd be hard for me to get to Ohio all the time watch a place or Illinois you know, I just just don't have time yeah down here you just don't have the deer so you know you kind of don't put the effort in you know, put in a food plot let your kids shoot them and you know if you
you go up north, you kind of rely on somebody else. That's right. Right now, mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't have the time. Yeah. You know, I, like I used to. And just the logistics of it, too. You know, uh, you know, you yeah. know, I always heard as a kid, hey, if you're going to kill big deer, you got to be where the big deer are, you know. And, yeah, you know, yeah, I guess so, you know, or it makes sense. But you do. And a lot of that is if you're going to go get them, you got to travel where you're from. Because a lot of times, especially in yeah. Mississippi, you're not just loaded with 150 inch deer on up you know or at least not in all regions or most of the regions anyway so and the yeah. logistics of getting there make it make it a little difficult ben's around it every day he you know they're cutting timber cruising timber um other guys you know that well you know a lot of these other guys when the tv show business and stuff was going good they lived right there but uh, some of them guys too rely on a lot of other people yeah you know you gotta you know, realize that they all don't have their own dirt they rely on outfitter a lot yeah. so yeah you said something there that is something i've been focusing on here of late and that is you said deer basically do the same thing every year each year and so hopefully you can expand on that a little bit but you know the very first time i heard that mentioned was i think mark jury who uh, to me is a very trustworthy guy he knows what he's talking about but first time i heard i thought boy i just didn't even seem I don't, as a person, I don't remember what I did yesterday, much less replicate and do it today. And, you know, he was talking about that, give or take, you know, 24, 48 hours or something, a deer is going to do about the same thing this time, you know, November the 15th this year, they did November or October 2nd or whatever. Now, minus, uh, you know, intrusions and, you know, cows getting after them and those things. It depends on the food source. I mean, if you're hunting a place that maybe last year was beans or or uh, corn, and then this year the farmer put cattle in there or he's already cut everything, and you know that that's going to change. Yeah. But your fingers and your funnels from places the deer are going to always track travel that. And then there's, of course, there's not every deer's the same, uh, but like the big deer that you know hunted a couple years ago in Kansas. About the first of November, he showed up at that place. Never was there all year long. Mm-hmm. Showed up for two, three weeks during the rut, and then disappear. Till next year, you wouldn't see him. It's just, and I don't know. I think some of that probably comes from when they were button bucks or getting there, you know, young. They got kicked out of territory and they went to a place and said, "Hey, I'm safe here. Nobody harasses me." And mm-hmm. then. As they've grown, they felt comfortable in that area, and it kind of comes their turf, and can be, uh, I don't know, king of that turf. But I think, um, as far as just movement and and you know fingers and funnels, there's always going to be if you got a finger somewhere, there's always going to be a buck using it, yeah. whether he's good or not. You know, he may have got the one that was there last year may have got killed, but they always, uh, you know, deer are kind of creatures of habit. They're you know, and especially if you got a place like Mark has, you know, he knows those deer where they, they live when they're coming and they do the same thing. A lot of times, you know, they did it the year before they're there the next year. It's just, they're, you know, long as they're unharassed or the terrain hasn't changed a bunch, pretty much going to kind of do the same thing. Kind of, it's probably close to like, uh, you know, cattle or something like that. If you think about it, you know, cows always use the same trails. You take them out of a pasture, but you put them back in six months later, they're going to use that same path. It's like a deer. If he's there or, or something else, 
or even a you know hot seat with wild hogs or you know elk they always use those you know those same trails over time and and uh it may not be what you're looking for but they're going to be those deer are going to use it mm-hmm. well i like i said first time i heard that i thought how is that even possible but i mean i i know he's saying what he thinks is the truth but it just seemed like you know I forget what I did yesterday. So how's a deer going to know what he did a year a year ago? But I've been, you know, kind of maybe a part of that. I also heard him and some others say that they don't really use their trail cameras that much for the current year. That they're really using them for intel the next year. You know, and so one thing to I guess to expand on that a little bit. One thing I started doing with one particular deer, and it, remember that one buck I had over in Illinois that just uh, it's been two years ago and anyway I charted his and he's only on that property like like you said the one in Kansas you know, he shows up I guess two years ago he showed up around October the 16th he's there till about the first part of December and he's never on that property again the rest of the year and I got enough cameras on there when they stick a hoof on a, on our dirt there I know it <laughs> know it when he's there and I matched up cameras from 2021 wrote his dates down when he was there in in daytime and when he was there last year and i mean they are identical give or take i think he was on there maybe 12 or 14 days total the whole year but they were the exact same give or take like two dates that were maybe off 24 hours or 36 hours one one way or the other and uh same locations same everything you know so that's kind of, I put them in the calendar, what times, where they, where they were, and trying to set up a plan off of that, because uh, it seems awful coincidental to do that. And, and I guess it was actually when I first got cell cameras, and this is, I don't know, it had been seven, eight years ago, something like that, eight or nine years ago. But one year, thanks, it was Thanksgiving Day, I, I finally got a picture of this one buck that I'd been trying to see in daylight or get him, never did get him in daylight. But I got him on Thanksgiving Day, and I got him on Thanksgiving Day three years in a row, same buck, in front of the same tree stand, you know. So that kind of led into that same thing. So I, that's something I'm going to pay a, a little bit more attention to as far as past stuff and kind of chart some of that for bucks I'm interested in or after. And I think it's something that, that you know, people ought to look at a little bit closer is what one of them suckers doing last year was before I would take that when I saw him there last year, but that was just a one-year deal. He kind of came through there, and I think there's – Obviously, a little more to it than that, you know, than just uh, yeah. I mean, in the, when they before they bust up and they're in velvet, you know, those bucks are going to be grouped up. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of years; it's the same deer year in year out. As soon as they shed that velvet, it changes everything. Yeah, and they move and change. And then I've had deer just even here in Mississippi that you know. Um. I had one deer, I think I got video pictures of him about four years in a row. Only reason I knew it was him is he had drop time. First time I saw him, he didn't like the camera. He'd stay way in the back. He didn't like being with a bunch of bucks. I mean, now he's in a group, but I guess he was just at least dominant or didn't like to fight because he'd always, you know, every now and then you just see him in the background. He just didn't, he wasn't the head guy, so he wasn't right in front of the camera. And then I don't, I, on the rest of my farm for two years i never saw him anywhere just got a couple pictures of him in in the summertime then one year i got a picture of him late in the year like 
I think it was like around SHOT Show, January, and I was like, well, he showed back up. I hadn't seen him since for four or five months, I guess. had been, let's see, September, I was getting pictures of him, and just got a couple pictures of him, but, you know, it was the only deer I have with drop times. Well, it wasn't hard to know it was him. Then all of a sudden, he showed up in January on part of my farm, stayed there January, February, and then, you know, probably shed out or, you know, I just quit running cameras. Next year, never saw him in summertime. First of October, he was right there where he left in uh, January, February. I don't know why he did that. Was there about two months, never saw him again. But just, you know, they kind of get to where they like a spot, Mm -hmm. I think, sometimes, or feel comfortable or safe, don't get harassed, and that's where they hang out. And then, um, you know, they they are – Creatures of habit and they'll show up in the same places. They are. They it's, it's not as up. random as we think a lot, you know, or as at least as, no. as I thought, you know. No. It's not. Well, I've been watching the weather this morning, and uh, I tell you what, since I retired, you know, I, I didn't have any adjustment problems at all because hunting season jumped in. You know, I hunted seven states last year. And so, I mean, I was on the, I was like I had a full time job, really. You know, just wasn't getting paid for it, but. <laughs> <laughs> But when one season slowed down, I'm trying to figure out what the heck do I do? You know, what, what, what am I doing? I did more turkey hunting this year than I had. But really, from since I was done turkey hunting at end of April, 1st of May, man, June, June, May, June, July is drug on. Like, well, I got to get me a schedule or a purpose or something. So, you know, all my equipment, I've gone over every piece of equipment. I'm the king of piddling. So, you know, every piece of equipment I've got, if it had a rusted, bolt or nut or washer on it replaced you know all my cameras went through with rubbing alcohol cleaned everything on them out of them make sure they were in tip-top shape so i've done all that stuff and of course now starting to wait on a rain to uh, you know start planting time so you'll try to shoot for around september 15th here you're probably more mid-october there if you're planting brassicas and stuff i guess or first part well i mean september i guess right we've been getting some rain we got a little bit of rain yesterday a little bit today i mean it gets have you been getting a lot lately have you had a lot no we've been pretty dry but we're just getting some storms some of that stuff rolling across the man we've had you know we were dry for a well up until shoot a week i don't know how how long it's been now two weeks maybe 10 days but there's places like where my folks are south of me about an hour and a half down toward more toward the southern part of Missouri, they've had 10, 11 inches uh, of, of rain. Yeah. And uh, over in southern Illinois and Kentucky, some of those places have gotten, and we've gotten a bunch here at my house, but uh, not typical for your end of July, August. So I'm hoping it holds on a tad. I, normally I shoot for around that 15th to kind of start wet, find a, to find a rain coming. But if it's dry, we've gotten so much rain lately, I don't know if it's gonna be dry enough tomorrow to go Disc her up one more time and, and plant because uh, Wednesday we're supposed to get about two inches is over in Illinois is what they're saying so I got a little window but I'm gonna try to go ahead and get planted to, tomorrow if I can on at least over in Illinois and get get something yeah. in, the, in the ground because it's been uh, been a little wetter than normal but a little too wet but y'all hadn't had, yeah, it, I'm, had that much I'm right? behind on everything I ain't cutting much hay I hadn't I got bush hogging to, to do and then Colts full bore in football when he ain't playing football or practicing or at a camp somewhere. So I just, I need to, I need a clone of myself to just <laughs> do some work. Now, did you, did you get to do much hunting last year? Uh, uh, not hardly any. 
You didn't go to Ohio. You didn't get to go to Ohio either, did you? Did you get was that no. you got sick there or something? Did you get sick during that or couldn't go or just work come up? Work. Yeah, we I tried. went down and turkey hunted in Florida. Yeah. This spring and of course turkey hunted around the house. Now, did you kill but, kill one around the house? Uh, huh? Did you get your turkey there at home? Yeah, we killed four or five. Yeah. We man cold. I mean we've the population sucks around here. I think we've killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> is Dylan, is he getting, is he starting to want to go with you? A little bit. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a mama's boy. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. He's got to fix that. Just, he's got to fix that, but, oh, well. But, yeah, it won't, be, it won't be long. He'll be wanting to tag along with you and Colt, I'm sure. Yeah, how many hunts are you gonna do this fall? But uh, I'm doing six, doing six up, six states, and uh, I'm gonna try to get after the, you know, that that buck I seen. I've been charting when he's been there the last couple of years. I'm gonna try to I sleep over in my cargo uh, trailer, and I'm just gonna stay there till I get a hit or strike out. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I've struck out the last two years on him. But are you going back out to Scotts? I am. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, uh, Nebraska tags for out of state, and I've been doing the uh, muzzleloader hunt, and I don't have the stuff with the other, but uh, the muzzleloader in December kind of works good for me there, but they cut their tags for non-residents in half. They, they, really? Last year they had 2,000 tags for non-residents. And, you know, I've never had to apply for a tag or even worry about when it starts. Normally I would just get it before I went, you know, and wait a week or so before I went or the day before I went, you know, and, get online, buy my tag. And and, I, yeah. and last year, I, I believe it was, you know, Scott had said, or LaCayla wanted said, to, hey, you might want to get it here in August just to be sure. And I don't remember what the reason was last year. But then this year, I was in Montana and I went with some guys camping, hiking and stuff out there for about a week. And I think it was the 24th of July. Then out-of-staters could get on there and, per, you know, try to purchase their tag. And so, anyway, the my own advice was get on there and get it because they cut it in a half and they was telling me the same hey you better better get on there so and that same deer numbers were down as far as the kills compared to what tags they had so they was going to cut the tags back and so they cut them suckers in half so and of course there is no reception at all in glacier national park uh bad montana <laughs> where we were staying and there was one little hill uh by an, an old country church just like you see in old westerns you know just a straight up kind of uh-huh. rectangular with you know big steeple at the top white church and had a up on a hill there and i drove up there and got two bars and so i got there at and they didn't start till like one o'clock in the afternoon central time so i got there an hour before but i had my wife at home i had her on backups so i took took her through and showed her wrote down the directions on how to get on there you know I said, I'm going to try to do it myself because I you know, wanted to make sure it was done. I don't want her to hear that, but I want to make sure I got it done correctly. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, but I needed her if I could. So anyway, I practiced on there going through it. Everything was just flowing perfectly, you know, like, it does, like, it, like it's supposed to. Well, then when 1 o'clock hit Central, which was, I guess, what, noon out there, whatever it was. But anyway, of course, the whole thing just shuts down, you know, because everybody's trying to get on the sucker. Yeah. So, man, you talk about panicking. I was panicking. And then so I had I called her, I said, hey, get on that thing and do it. So we're, we're in plan B. We're in plan B. 
<laughs> which means Kobe, you got to get on there and buy that thing for me. So she got my tag for me and was able to get it. But yeah, going back out there, but it's getting, getting a little, a little more of a struggle, but going everywhere I did last year, but I, but Iowa cause again, just wasn't going to get drawn, you know, two years in a row. So yeah, went for the old preference I see where point. They're, they're fixing to vote. I think they vote on the 17th of August to outlaw whether they're going to outlaw supplemental feeding in Kansas. Then once they get something enacted, it seems like, and government that just going to open yeah. Pandora's box to do more. So yeah, now the supplemental feeding, a lot of consequences that I, I guess, you know, from businesses or companies that sell that or have, you know, you're going to hurt a little economy there. People that out of state, they probably go. And that's the reason why they go there to have a better chance, may not go, or, you know, I, I don't know, but there's, but, you know, CWD and or EHD, whatever they want to say that they're trying to, well, we want to st stop it so deer aren't congregating. I mean, they congregate anyway, so I don't see where, I don't see where that's going to make a difference, just that by itself. But I'm, obviously I'm not a deer biologist. Well, either, it all, what the problem is, is the people that nowadays are becoming or biologists or working these natural resources places and handling the laws aren't people that need to be doing it because yeah. part of the problem is they don't pay enough. So a guy that's got any work ethic or wants to do something is not going to go take a government job for 30, 40 grand mm -hmm. where, you know, oh, hey, I'm a biologist for so-and-so part of Kansas. We, uh, you're getting paid 40. A guy that's got any ambition isn't going to do that job because he's just not going to make no money. Yeah. And so they get these people that are, I don't know, they're just hippies or, I don't know, earthy folks that don't care. And, you know, I, they're there at one with the earth and it's not about how much you mm -hmm. make and what you do. And so, you know, the problem is we've allowed those people to get in those positions because a guy that's got, anybody that's got, a guy or a girl that has any ambition, wants to have nice things and, you know, growing life be able to provide for the kids it's just not those jobs aren't a job that you can do with a family no and, that's right because you don't make no money the same thing with the teaching mm -hmm. you know teaching used to be a you know a great job and you but a person can't make a living off some of these teacher salaries these days and so people that don't have, have the ambition want to sit at home and are fine sitting in a you know 500 square foot house and driving a, a you know electric vehicle you know i like you know <laughs> i like to have a nice thing so mm -hmm, yeah. i gotta have a good paying job That's and right. that just you know i think if they you know i think it all change if you start paying teachers 100 grand a year mm -hmm. you get a lot better quality folks <laughs> yes, yes you would it's well, just but it's just the way it is and i think it's it's the same with all these natural resources jobs and you just you're, you're paying for what you get. Yeah. And now what's happened is these people are rolling into positions where they're dictating laws they're and they're not decisions. hunters. No. They don't understand wildlife and they're, they're going to dictate stuff and say stuff. And then, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And this is how it's going to happen. And the guys and the people that know are just getting left out in the cold because mm -hmm. they, they're, they don't want to work that job. And you know, supplementing feeding or baiting and versus not baiting to me it's not going to affect what I do or how I do it me personally but I just hate I just hate seeing them open the door for things that lead to lead to other stuff oh yeah you know? once you get like you said once you get that door open it just continues to, to go and go and then for long you can't do anything yeah that's right just like 
just like the grizzly bears out in Wyoming, Montana. They should have a hunting season on them. There's mm-hmm. so many out there. I mean, you were just out there, saw a bunch yeah. of them. Yeah. They should have a hunting season, whether it's, you know, let it, let it, you know, you kill a hundred a year. So, to, you know, whether it's, if it's 2000 bucks a tag, well, look at the money that brings in plus money for outfitters. You know, it, it becomes a multi-million dollar uh, endeavor for the state. But you've got these people there that say, oh, no, we can't. Because I like seeing the grizzly bears. Well, so does everybody else. But you've got a huntable population, and they're also doing a lot of damage to your elk herds your, yeah. you know, and all these other animals out there. There's a lot to feed them. Because, yeah. <laughs> it's just, but you got people in those positions that shouldn't be there. It's what it is. Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> but that's with everything mm-hmm. anymore. So it it's is. our fault. Yeah, and politics and stuff like that's involved. The legislators involved. It's they don't have to necessarily believe yep. it, like it, or but if it's something they can use to do something else, and it's going to be you know it's going to be used for whatever their gain may be. You know that's part of the whole yep. deal. And like all of it, we as American people to you know the we the people again you know uh, we're the ones that suffer the consequences whatever those decisions are you know yeah but it'll just it'll just build and you know is what yeah. and you mentioned can't do much about it you mentioned grizzlies eating elk and uh, i guess a lot of people i'm not one of them but it'll be elk hunting here elk season comes in what september new mexico and places or, mm-hmm. yeah it'll stay uh, a couple of weeks some of them probably in august what kind of shapes a guy got to be in to do that? Pretty rigorous, isn't it? Um, it really just depends on where you go, where your altitude. There's certain places you can go that's real flat. There's certain places that you know you might have to get up 12, 14,000 feet. Um, depends on the time of year. I used to hunt in uh, Rio Dosa, New Mexico. First part of the season, all the elk are in town. Now it's a, I mean, you, it's a hike. Yeah, I mean, you might do. 10 miles a day, 10, 12 miles a day, but I mean, they're, it's, it's not rough. It's up and down, but the elk are closer to town and, you know, you, you can, you might walk an hour in the dark in the morning to get to them. Now later in the fall, it's when it sucks because you got to walk about three hours in the dark and you're walking straight up and you're going from, I you know, say 4,000 feet to 12,000 and it, that's a butt kicker, but the elk are there, and you can kill pretty quick if you're in pretty good shape. But uh, um, really, just it really all depends on the, the state where you're at. And uh, like I hunted a place in uh, Oklahoma a couple years ago; it was dead flat. There was not Oklahoma; it was right on the Oklahoma New Mexico border. We were hunting in New Mexico, but it was it was flat. There wasn't nothing to it. I mean, we rode around a truck. You see them, you call, and you know they. About run you over, but it really just depends on where you're at. But the the harder hunts, Wyoming, uh, Montana, some of that country, Idaho, you got to be in shape. Now, can, but, can you prepare for that if you're not in a, if you don't live in a place where there's elevation, but you're going is running, jogging, aerobic exercise going to help you if you're not doing it in a high elevation? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you it's something where you want to probably put. You know, they always say 100 pounds. You're not carrying 100 pounds on your back. Mm-hmm. You might carry, I mean, you're going to carry your bow or your gun, um, some food, and some ammo, maybe a rain jacket. Yeah. 
case storm blows up or something in case the weather gets bad, but you might be carrying say 30 pounds, you know, put that on your back, you know, walk five, six miles a day on a treadmill, mm-hmm. you know, at an incline. And I, you know, they've got those masks you can put on that kind of, you know, make it so you're not getting near as much air. Yeah. You do that. I mean, it's different. Depends on where you live. Like I live, you know, living in Mississippi, it ain't, you know, you're at about sea level. You see so you go out West, uh, makes it a little difficult when you mm-hmm. get off a plane and you might be at 7,000 feet, you're going to lose your breath pretty quick. Take you a couple of days or a little time to acclimate, but yeah, just hiking and carrying a pack is the main thing. As long as your legs are in shape, you're good. I tell you, the first time I was in any elevation, my wife and I went out to Colorado, went to Pikes Peak. And I didn't walk, of course, we drove up to Pikes Peak. There's a little rest thing up there at the top or a little gift shop, something. They had like a little building there. So I go in there to look around, but I was going to go to the bathroom. So I went in there and went to the urinal. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm like laid over on the guy next to me in the other urinal. He's like, hey, don't worry about you. He goes, you got uh, you got elevation sickness. And I just like fell over on him. I had to get out of it. I told my wife, let's get back. Let's get to the bottom of this sucker. No no prep to know it was yeah, even coming. People, or, but man, it hit me. Yeah, yeah. some people get it. Um, I never got it. But I've been in camp where people get elevation and get sick for two or three days. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say to you know, it may be good to go out there three or four days or a week before your hunt just to acclimate. I never, I never got it. But, uh, I mean, I had a new, I had guys with me, you know, camera guys would be sick as a dog. I think mm-hmm. one trip we went on there, I didn't go on it, but they went up to, uh, or they at Utah. And I think they took Jordan. He was a camera guy then at the time from Aussie Oak. And, uh, I think he made it about a day or two days and he was ready to die. <laughs> I, 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 I bet, I bet. You enjoy it pretty good. Person. You enjoy the alcohol. I love it. Yeah, when I can go. It's yeah. just so expensive. I mean, if you want to, you can apply and do all that. But if you want to, and I know some guys that have went on some public ground stuff out in Idaho that have killed some good elk. Not every year, but sporadically they shoot them. But a lot of, you know, those good hunts are, Ten, twelve thousand dollars. At the time, I was doing it for free. So, yeah. where, where would you? <laughs> yeah. where, where'd be your place to go if he's going to pick? Recommend to somebody, I, or if he was going to do it yourself again, what state would I'd you go? I go to Mexico. I go out there where I with with Joseph Graham and Graham's guide service. They were, I mean, good. It's all public hunting, but it's a draw, and it's a draw. It's Resident, non-resident, exactly the same draw. So it's hard to draw it, but you, they they get uh, landowner tags, but it's expensive. But you're gonna see elk, you're gonna be an elk. They shoot good elk, and you know a lot of these guys. If uh, you shoot one, you're done, or you draw blood, you're done at some of these places. You know, if you shoot one, you don't kill it. You just keep right on hunting, and you know, because you know, elk can take a pretty good lick, or if you wound it. And you know, certain spots they're not gonna they're not gonna die. The elk are pretty tough, so it's uh, you know if you can make a bad shot on one or shoot him in the shoulder with a bow, he's not gonna die. They, they, they let you keep hunting, which makes it nice. Yeah. 
Uh, is Graham, is that where Primo's is going as well? Or do they go somewhere different, New Mexico? Um, they go, uh, I think they hunt a lot in Colorado. Um, but it's close to New Mexico line. I can't think of that, that ranch. Um, I've never hunted where they hunt, but I know the, know of the place, know guys that, that guide there. Uh, it's that place easy hunting. It's got real good road system in it. And I don't even know where they, is Primo's, I don't even know if they do that anymore. Cause that whole company, you know, with the selling and yeah. all, everybody's left. I, your hand. I don't know. If the primos is even the, the TV, all that's gone, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, Jordan and Lake had their podcast that they were doing, and, and they stopped it about this time last year, probably. And then, but then they picked it back up, did a few more episodes here. And I think Jordan said they had, that they had a few hunts, but I, he had, I don't think it, he hadn't been on any, but it's, I, I don't know where they're at right now, but it's, it's, it's pretty much, pretty much it's dissolved, I guess. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, they, they're owned by a big corporation. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I see Jimmy about, oh, every six weeks. He's got a store down there in Jackson, but in a real nice gun store. Yeah, the old range. And, uh, I mean, he's not doing anything. I'll ask him if he's hunting, and he's like, nah. He's doing good with his with the range there, isn't he? Yeah, it's a nice store. They, they do pretty well. But you don't realize it, and I know you do because you've been there, but nothing lasts forever and you do all this stuff and you're like oh this is great i'll be in and then one day you turn around and go shit it's gone <laughs> and that's just like it's, that's a nature you know, everything changes you know we did you know we did all those hunts from off the oak and they, they ain't doing no hunts i mean those guys aren't going anywhere hunting mm -hmm. same you know primos years it just it comes to an end mm -hmm. and then you know there'll be a time when you know the jury stuff comes to an end and mm -hmm. you know that's it's and it's probably not that far away because those yeah. guys are mid-60s you know yeah they've got those teams and everything but when those guys are gone it's going to go yeah, away. when the face of, and, like the same with like will primos you know i mean when his face is not in there it ain't primos yep. no more and nah, yeah same for nah, jurors and mark and terry's not there it's not not the same yeah just like with night and hail and you know all those it just comes to an end, and yet, you, when you're young and you're out running around killing all that stuff and like, having yeah. a blast, you don't think about it. But it's going to last forever. You get, yeah, it doesn't. Mm -mm. It just eventually goes away. Things change, and companies change. And I read a thing: the companies that do business and do business well, they still a lot of times only last about thirty years. So you look at you know Primos, you know. 30 some years, Mossy Oaks, 30 some, Realtree, but they're all, you know, those, a lot of those companies are big transitions right now or have sold and, and, uh, um, it just, just nothing lasts forever. Just yeah. take advantage of it. You know, if you get the opportunity, go do it because it, it's not going to be there. Yeah, that's it just right. didn't. Life cycle about everything. Everything yep. has an expiration date, doesn't it? It does. You know, someday our number will be up. <laughs> I do it. I think about that almost every day now. It seems like it's on my mind, knowing, hey man, I, my window is getting that sucker's it getting, is. It's yeah. getting shorter That's and smaller why I, all the time. This job I got now, because I'm like, if I can bust butt, even though I'm, you know, I'm, I'm missing a little bit of my, I've missed some of my daughter's games. I, I, I don't think I'll miss any of my son's football games. But of course, it's a lot. You got 25, 30 softball games, which is 
to me is odd because they play in the, in the fall on the academy schools instead of in the spring. But, uh, you know, you just once some games are, are done. I tell my kids that all the time. It's it. It ain't like you're going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it kind of – my daughter, she, you know, won several awards last year, was, you know, uh, was all district. And I told her after season was over, I said, look, if you just do a little extra work, do a few things, you go college play. I said, because it's done. Once it's done, you're done. There's no more, you know, whatever you think. And she said, I just want to play this year and be done. And, I mean, you know, I didn't tell her, but, you know, part of me is like, yeah, it kind of hurt because oh, yeah. you know what she could do. Yeah. And, you know, I'm watching her play out there this year, and she's a daggone good ball player, a little bit of work. You know, there'd be some people stop by saying, hey, you want to come play in college and you get some college paid for it. But she just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And can't make it do it. No, and you look at things so it, differently at that age compared to what, how we look at things now. It's the old, if I knew now, knew then what I know now. Again, you got a small window. Yeah. You, I mean, I'd love to go play. I'm sure you'd love to go play some football right now today. I'd love to play some football, baseball, basketball. Any basketball it's been so know. much fun. In, anything that would take me, I'd love to play it there, but it's not its not even physically an option, really. Yeah. I mean, it is. I, I could do enough, but not like you can then. And not with opportunity that could do something for you, like pay for your college and those things. And it's tough yep. for a kid to realize that because that window closes, she's done. You know, you can't go back and do yeah. it again. It really kind of hit me when I was, we were, I was talking about son's football coach. And we were talking about it, and he, he was like, you know, realistically, you got about six, seven more years of this, and it's done. Because whatever you think in your mind or, or whatever, and, and that's true. Whether, you know, he's got, you know, as long as he stays healthy, of course, you got three years of high school, and then if you go play college, it's three, four years, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Of course, every it's really, if you go to these camps, every parent out there thinks your kid's going to go to the NFL. Or <laughs> yeah. It's like, our goal's never been that. It's one step at a time. Okay, you know this year's goal was to hey, let's get in that starting rotation and play. Because yeah. in our conference, you got to be. Oh, you guys are loaded down there. Well, yeah, you got to be one of the, you, you to play as a sophomore. You got to be one of the best. Well, you got to be one of the better players on the team. And you got to. I mean, we're playing in a conference where I think right now two of the top 100 players in the NFL come out of our high school conference. I mean, it's not. <laughs> And this isn't like, you know, where these guys down in Florida, where they're going to the academies or IMG. This is regular, yeah. just beat down, old school football. But mm-hmm. there's so much talent in this area. You gotta, you gotta be a baller to play. And I, I just, you know, people say, oh well, you know, my kid's doing this now. I'm like, not down here. He's not, because yeah. it's just that you are, you are not. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, you just gotta have, you gotta have your A game on. We got a kid right now um he should be on he'll be on tonight uh he's out of our high school he's uh playing for the jets so uh the first night the first episode of hbo's hard knocks yeah is on tonight and he'll be all over it he's he was undrafted free agent out of southern miss really good kid what's his name and uh uh, jason brownlee and uh, he played pretty good bit the other night in their first uh uh game up at the uh hall of fame game Jets played the Browns. He played. He played a good bit there, but uh, you know, 
I mean, that's just another kid. If he makes it out of our conference or, you know, we've had a couple of kids out of our high school. I mean, it's just different, different caliber of yeah. football. And, uh, but I tell him, like, our goal was as a sophomore was, all right, get in that rotation. Cause if you ain't playing, then you're not going to see the field. So he's busted his butt and, you know, he's worked his way up and there's, two or three other kids that he's played with since he was six that are going to play a good bit that, that are his age. But, I mean, it's, you know, they got a hundred kids on that team. They ain't, you ain't got your A game on, on every day. You ain't going to play. No. No, it's a big deal there just to make the dang team, you know, wouldn't it be? Yeah. With the talent that they, that's come out of there. Yeah. It's it's pretty you don't realize it till you move down here. It was pretty funny when my dad, I took him to the first game over there. He was like, what is this? Because <laughs> he's like, there's nothing like this at home, and there's yeah. not. It's just – And football's big I mean, in Ohio, I, too, but not like it is in Mississippi, is it? No, and it, there's just a talent. I mean, they're like in the conference I grew up in, I don't think there's – that I know of in the last 30 years, there's not a kid that's went and played in a Power 5 team from up in that area. There's been some kids that, you know, smaller teams like Mac schools and stuff like that. But, and I don't, there's not been any kids in 30 years. Let's see, I'll be my probably 35 years that have had out of that area that have ever been offered a full ride scholarship to Ohio state. And I mean, we've got kids at my son's schools, you know, last five years, Alabama, Mississippi state, <laughs> Florida. I mean, it's just it's just different. It, it's it weird. Is. You wouldn't think that coming from a town of ten thousand kids. Mm -hmm. You know, my uncle and his two boys, my my cousins, back in the early eighties, they they moved to over kind of between Jackson, Vicksburg, Mississippi, as farmers. And uh, my cousin is about six six, and he was a real real good high school basketball player. And I remember him talking about down there like nobody, of course, and he came from where. Missouri, where basketball was a big deal, you know, which we didn't have many football teams in Southern Missouri, especially. But so basketball was always, you know, his interest to, to talk about. And he said, man, ain't basketball ain't nothing in Mississippi. It's all all football. You know, he, he just couldn't believe how, but like anything else, you start that culture there and get some success and kids get some going places. It takes hold. And, yep. uh, and that's where they've got a rich tradition down there. I don't, how it got started or who started it or what, but it runs deep in Mississippi, doesn't high school football. It does. I'd probably, it's, I'd probably it's say so. Mississippi and Texas got to be probably the two. I mean, I know it's big in Texas. Some of those stadiums in Texas look like you know, they have college stadiums, don't they? It, you know, we don't get certain games, we'll get big crowds, but we just, it's just the talent. The ta yeah. I, I, which is amazing to me. It's, it's like, I mean, like, Every school will play. We'll have a you know a kid that's going to go play. You know, a lot of teams will have two or three kids that are going to go play D one somewhere, in a you know in the SEC. It's just, um, and it's weird too. Like you look at all these other states, and they'll have all their ratings out, or you know, the so and so Mississippi will be way behind that. Like they like there's some states that already got 2,026 kids listed, and what they are Mississippi don't have any of that. It's like because and part of it is because the talent level is so high. Most of these kids aren't playing until they're junior or seniors because they can't get on the field. They're just not, you know, physically big enough or mature enough. Which I guess Florida, Florida's big high school football too, aren't they? 
Oh yeah, Florida, Georgia. I mean, it's but Mississippi yeah. right there in it with anybody. Yeah. You know, speaking of windows and closing and time closing, of course, you know, the older I'm getting and stuff, I think about that stuff more. And of course, think about deer hunting more. I mean, how many more deer hunts I got and all that. Try to, which is kind of the reason I try to hunt as many states as I can. I want to get every memory I can get and ever, you know, enjoyment I can get. But there's those times, and you know, I think we've talked about it before, when I killed a good one there once, which really got me thinking, when you can go, go. And that's what my dad used to tell me as a kid, or I'd be talking about barometric pressure and this and that. He's like, Joby, when you can go hunting, go. You know, if you, you need to be there. If you're gonna kill a good one, you need to be there. And uh, I think the one day that I sent you the picture, the one buck, I said, what's this thing score? The first time I ever had him on a camera, it was like two weeks from before, never seen him again. We hadn't seen a deer in like three days. I was gonna go home, but by the time I did some little piddling, I ended up, thought, well, I might as well stay and hunt. Ended up killing one kind of in the mid 150s, and actually even up to about 30 minutes before uh, shooting hours, it was, I hadn't seen a deer, and I thought, man, I, I got a two hour ride home. I might, I might go now, so I was packing my stuff up to leave early uh, when this buck stepped out, because I mean, I just hadn't, hadn't seen a deer. But just the importance of sticking with it, finishing it out. And uh, last year, another a good lesson for me, I guess, from, from last year, and that, that should have been it. But I actually left the farm up north. I was muzzleload hunting up in, on my lease in northern Missouri and called my wife. She said, why are you coming home? What for? I said, well, I said, man, I ain't seen nothing. I just need, I didn't get on home. I was getting ready to go to Iowa and hunt Iowa. And then I was going from Iowa to Ohio. So I was gonna be going like 10 or 12 days straight there, you know, doing that. I said, I need to get on home. She's like, you're going to regret it. There's going to be one step out tonight. She said, turn that truck around <laughs> while you're there because you'll be upset. You know, she's seen it before and go back and hunt. And I went, so anyway, I stopped, I turned around there on the highway, drove back. It ended up killing a pretty good buck that night. But another part of that too, that to me gets overlooked sometimes with, is like the farmer that farms there. He don't deer hunt. But on the way back, I saw him. I said, hey, where are you seeing? Because I thought, he's got to see deer all the time. He lives there, you know? I said, where are you, where are you seeing bucks coming out? You seeing bucks? He goes, oh, yeah, right over by the house. Some good bucks been pouring out. I didn't know what good meant, you know, or what he thought it meant. He goes, man, he's been a couple dandies over. My grandson saw one from the driveway over there. You know, they live way back in a thousand acres of farm ground there. Anyway, so I went through a blind. I killed the one out there, but... Anyway, lessons learned are, if you're there, keep hunting. You know, don't, I ain't seen a deer in three or four days. You know, I'm gonna, you talk yourself in, I'm gonna go home. That's happened to me here about twice in the last couple of years where I've given into it and then stayed and then killed killed a couple of pretty good ones, one being uh, like mid-150. And then also asking people that don't hunt, a lot of times I think we think we know everything or I know every deer on here, I know what to do, my cameras are showing me, you know, what's going on. If I don't ask that farmer, I wouldn't have killed that one. Stay and hunt is a, is the main lesson I've learned. As my window uh, of deer hunting is, is closing, as, as a guy that's out there in the industry now with your new job and doing stuff is, and I know you ain't a gear guy or anything else. And heck, you don't even need warm clothes. You just usually go out there in your jock strap or a loincloth. <laughs> what are you seeing anything out there that man a guy's got to have, or this is really? something good or innovative or this that you think man i'd like i could utilize that i'd say the answer to that is no you wouldn't see anything that you could utilize but what not would somebody really. else utilize i'm not i mean i i'm not a gear guy but not really i mean a part of the issue with that is 
most of these companies can't get product in. It's hard to ship stuff, you know, or get new products in. They'll launch something that doesn't show up for two years, and so it's it's been tough for companies to get things in. Um, you know, on the ammo side or gun side, you know, these seven millimeter PRC and and you know, or, or some of that stuff's kind of hot, um, new newer stuff. But um, as far as you know, there, there's nothing new in the archery industry that I've seen. Not saying that there isn't, but that, that sticks out. Nothing on the apparel side. Um, just kind of the gun side, this, you know, PRC stuff. And uh, and then with the ammo, it's kind of the same. But other than that, not a lot. And kind of getting to the point where, I mean, all the knowledge is kind of out there right now, too. You know, and there's not a whole lot of improvements to be made other than just I'd say most of your most of your bows and archer equipment are all pretty similar. Everybody probably makes pretty good stuff at this point. I would have, would assume. Yeah, I mean it, it's. Uh, is there any brand of bow is, that sticks out to you that you like better than another, or would it make you any difference? I mean, if I was going to use Bud, I mean either a, a, a Bowtech or a Matthews. Those are about the best too. Um, well, I'll tell you the thing that uh, one item that I found. And, of course, you know, my wife is a Disney nut. And if I was going to train for an elk hunt, I'd probably just go with her to Disney because I get in like 30,000 steps, <laughs> you know, when I'm with her. And that's kind of my whole goal. Whoever's there, I, I, how many steps you got? How many steps you got? I just try to see if I can beat them, you know, in their steps. But I always get blisters every time. And I wear good shoes, try to wear good socks. I also get blisters every time we go to Glacier. And I, I've been going about every other year to, gla to Glacier with these guys. So, I mean, of course, we're climbing altitude and uh, I'll get in 30-something. I think I had 38,000 steps there a couple of years ago was was my high in one day. But I always get blisters. And this is the first year I didn't get blisters there or when I went to Disney with my wife and I got these, uh, they're out, I guess they're made out from alpaca called, I think it's the brand is Altera Socks. Man, them suckers are comfortable. It's almost like having a whole other insole in your shoe. And I, I shouldn't tell this, but I, I was texting it to people as I was doing it. And they're like, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> but I, I wore, we're at Disney, I wore those alpaca socks four days in a row. Of course, I didn't have a washer, you know, we're staying out. But they were so good the first day. I only bought one pair, so I didn't have a pair for the rest of the other days there. But I wore them for four days, sweated like crazy in them. I dry them out at night. But you couldn't, sm you couldn't, sm they didn't smell. They smelled as fresh the last day as they did the first day, and I didn't get any blisters. So I'm big on the <clears throat> big on the Alteras, but I guess they're, they're made from like alpaca, kind of like the uh, I guess the merino wool, but it's from you know, the wool of an alpaca, I guess. But uh, yeah. that's been the only thing I found has been been pretty darn helpful. Um, and what what do you think too about like the clothing stuff, Shed? You know that a lot of the stuff that's out there, awful expensive stuff. Can you, is it, is it worth it? Or is it marked up a little bit because it's in the hunting industry? Can you get the same stuff somewhere else, maybe the same material that, or is it just that no, high I mean, quality? That, that city gear is the best stuff. Everything else is just mismatched, you know, but it's not going to keep you warm like the Sitka gear. Their layer system is better than anybody. Is it, you like them like better than, than First Light's gear and are they similar? Um, I haven't worn any of it. I just, I mean, I just knowing people that wear it and hunt in it and, and that are real reliable, mm -hmm. you know, it, they talk like it's better than it, yeah. anything. I mean, this, this basic stuff you're going to buy from, you know, just your, 
you know, basic store, whether it's Mossy Oak, Nomad, or, you know, stuff like that is, I mean, it might keep you warm in, in certain places, but it is not the top of the line stuff. With apparel that's built, but. I've been wearing a lot of that first yeah. light, and I assume it's similar to that Sitka, but. Yeah, you can layer yeah. so much better. You're not as bulky, and I don't, I don't ever get cold anymore. Yeah. Have you ever worn the good boots like, uh, what's some of the good boots uh, like crispy? You ever work a pair of crispy boots? You, uh, no. The name, kind of, the name like crispy I wore cream them, donut uh, kind of throws me a little bit. What do they, I can't think what they're called. Curlick or whatever out of Montana, I think is what they're called. They make a nice boot. Most of that stuff, whatever was free at the time, mm-hmm. got work. Yeah, I think we, we've done it. So I appreciate you spending a little time today, catching back up. I'm gonna, I'll send you a list of some podcast folks I kind of had in mind yeah. to do and people that's confirmed. Uh, I got one that's a little out of the norm, but that basketball buddy of mine that won 10 state championships, National Coach of the Year. Yeah, that'd be, he'd be I love listening to him. Yeah, he's, he's retired officially. He won his last state championship last year. He won another one. And so he's he's shutting it down. So I, he'd be fun to do. He, he'll get yeah, us, I'd like to listen he'll to that get one. us excited. Well, she had a good visit with you. Tell everybody, hey. Heck yeah. And uh, I, I sorry I got to roll, but I got a daughter's got a senior event at four o'clock. So hey, get another up, one. Get up there and be <laughs> get up there and be dad. Enjoy it. Hey, yep. we'll see you. We'll see you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for spending time today with Shed and I as we catch up on the summer months. Shed's new job, getting ready for the fall season, and just live in general. When discussing some new gear, Shed mentioned a pair of boots, and we couldn't think of the name at the time. The boot he was referencing is the Kinetrek boots out of Montana. Please assist us by liking and rating today's episode, and also by subscribing to the Foja Creek Podcast, as well as sharing on social media with all your outdoor friends. Thank you again for listening, and as always, we learned everything we knew down on Foja Creek.